Welcome to Practice Pursuit for Therapists, the podcast dedicated to guiding therapists on the path to launch and grow their own successful private practice. We are Rachel and Adrian, and we are thrilled to embark on this journey with you. Navigating the world of private practice can be a daunting endeavor filled with uncertainties, and that's where this podcast comes in. Practice Pursuit for Therapists is here to host open and honest discussions around the most challenging aspects of being a therapreneur. In each episode, we'll dive deep into the crucial and intimidating aspects of starting a business. We want to support you in this emotional journey. We're here to help you take meaningful steps to overcome insecurities and doubts that might otherwise hold you back. Let's get started. Today we're continuing our series on things that cause burnout, and we're going to particularly focus on worrying about income, job security, and making sure you are able to take care of your needs while also making the money you want. So this morning, Adrian was talking a little bit about the stress of being sick and wanting to take time off, but feeling like you can't because the to-do list is never ending, that sacrifices income. So tell me more about your thought process in that. Okay. Yeah. So waking up, not feeling well this morning, thinking about, okay, I really just want to lay in bed. And I had talked with somebody at my kid's school last week and she had been sick and she was telling me, oh, it was the best. I took a sick day and my kids were at school and I slept and I took naps and I did laundry and, you know, I just kind of hung out and didn't have anybody to take care of. She was like, I highly recommend a sick day. And it got me thinking like, how would I, how would I take a sick day? I haven't taken a sick day. I never took a sick day when I worked like in hospital settings or any other settings. I very rarely took a sick day. Oh, wow. So part of that is a me problem, right? And then part of it is I don't know how to do it now because mm-hmm. like I am I feel like I'm constantly running behind. And so I have a to-do list a mile long and if I take a sick day, the to-do list is just longer. Yeah. I, you know, my savings account in my business account is under what I like it to be at. So then I feel this financial pressure, like even though I still have money and savings and I have enough to cover a day's worth of work, I'm still trying to get my savings back up. And so I feel this financial pressure of, I can't afford to take that sick day. And that might also be a me problem, but maybe not. And the lack of income and how it sets up your next week, right? Cause we don't mm-hmm. get paid. Um, right away. So it's like, is how is this going to affect next week or next month if I yeah. take the time off? I don't know about you, but sometimes when my clients get off track and we miss a session, it takes three or four weeks for them to get back on track. And so I don't know, there's like a lot of pressure and stress when it comes to trying to figure out how to take time off when you're in business for yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, maybe that in essence is something we sacrifice a little bit as business owners. I don't know if it's possible to not worry about those things when you take a day off, um, unless your business is to a certain point. But as individuals who are really developing their business and working hard to get it where you want it to be, there's inevitably going to be that stress around taking any time off. And 
you know, even for the weekends, I let myself relax and not work most of the time. But that ongoing to-do list is kind of chronically running in the back of my mind. And there's like this worry that's always on the edge of going overboard if I think about it too much. So, I mean, maybe some of it is internal pressure and perfectionism, but maybe some of it is really carrying the weight of wanting to make sure your business is successful. So I don't necessarily know what the workaround with that is. Right. And, you know, it's hard when you get paid only for FaceTime. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so much of the work that we have behind the scenes is billing and notes and um, treatment plans. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm always running behind in treatment plans. Oh yeah. And (laughs) I don't know if there's um, ever been a time I've actually been caught up on treatment plans. It seems like, you know, they are always, always just popping up (laughs) as do. Um, So, you know, you've got that. And then on top of that, if you're trying to do any like trainings, you know, Mm -hmm. I've always got trainings that I'm working on and books that I'm trying to read. And And that actually is the opposite of making money. That's not just not making money. That's also spending your money to do those things. Spending your money and your time. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're losing money in two ways. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, how do you take a day off when you're in practice for yourself. And I know this is something that really caused me to pause when I thought about going back into private practice um, because it is a struggle. Yeah. And I really think, I really think at this point that depending on your income needs, right. But if you are wanting to make six figures and you're not a solely private pay practice where you're making what you're worth (laughs) per hour, right? If you take insurance and you're dealing with all of that on the back end, that it is really important to have some side stream of income Mm -hmm. because you can't control these things, right? I can't control that I got sick. I can't control if my kids get sick. And so there's going to have to be time off and being able to pay myself what I need to make and have enough extra to be putting money aside, Mm -hmm. I'd have to be seeing 35 clients a week. And I can't, I personally can't do that. And, you know, maybe somebody out there listening is like, oh, I do that all the time and I can do that. And that is fantastic. And I am glad that you, (laughs) you can do that. And I can't do that. And so you know, for me to be functioning at my best and being able to take care of my family and take care of myself, you know, sitting in that 20 clients per week, 15 to 20 clients per week is really that sweet spot for me. And that does not get me six figures and PTO. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And I I think that is accurate. And like you said, it it really depends on what your goals are and what you're able to do. I'm fortunate to be married to someone in the military, so I don't have to worry about insurance. And having his income does help me take some of the pressure off of making as much money as I need to make. But that doesn't take away the money I want to make and the goals that I have. So one of the things I'm doing to kind of account for that is expanding my work. I'm working on hiring. I'm also doing coaching 
And I think that brings up a point that variety in work is something that's kind of essential, one, for preventing burnout and two, for having other sources of income. Um, so you're not just solely basing your income on face-to-face time with clients. There's not a whole lot of control we have over that. We can schedule the number of clients we want to see in a week. We can plan to do a certain number of sessions in a month. But if a client cancels or reschedules, we don't have control over that. We don't have control over the ebbs and flows and referrals and times of year when clients are less likely to schedule sessions. Like there's always the lulls, which -hmm. I know we've talked about in other sessions, but finding ways to create some stability and consistency is really important, both for getting the money you want and preventing burnout. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, some of the ways that I have seen people do it and I have thought about for myself is, you know, contracting with a hospital, doing evaluations on a PRN status, doing work with schools, like some of the universities teaching a class or, you know, doing stuff with their internship programs, doing something totally random on the side, just for variety, like waitressing once a week. I mean, that kind of sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it does. I love waitressing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, but, you know, there's different things and it doesn't necessarily have to be within the field. It can be within the field. You can work, mm-hmm. you know, a day, a week as in a school system. You could do you could do so many different things or you can do something on the side on your own, like yeah. consulting and all of that. But being able to have a steady stream of something, I think is Mm -hmm. such an important, it's such an important piece. Yeah, I think so too. And I don't think that that is solely because of us being mental health practitioners. I mean, Mm -hmm. I do think we could be paid what we were worth by insurances and that would help. But I think there's a lot of people right now that are trying to figure out ways to make extra money on the side because of inflation. And Mm -hmm. the way things are so expensive these days, a lot of people are trying to brainstorm ways to make more money. So I don't want this to sound like if you go into private practice, you're going to have to do a lot of extra work to make it work. I think technically we, we could just make it work just doing private practice, but you and I both have the goal of making more and expanding. We both have growth mindsets where we're not cool with just not having goals. Like you and I both Mm -hmm. are people who push and push ourselves and, and have goals and want to achieve more. So I don't know if it's necessary. I think it just really depends on your goals and, and if you're a person who needs variety and I'm definitely a person who needs variety. And I don't want to solely depend on face-to-face sessions for income. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? You know, I think if my income needs were 50 to 80, 50 to 75 a year, it is not hard to make that in private practice and and to do it in a very manageable way, right? Mm-hmm. You can do that with that 15 to 20 clients a week and mm-hmm. you can manage time off and and all of that. But I live in a very expensive area and yeah. inflation has hit us hard. And so that it's just not enough to make mm-hmm. it where I live. 
And so, you know, really it depends on your situation. If you don't have those higher income needs, private practice alone is great. And it gives you so much flexibility and getting over that six figure mark either requires seeing a ton of clients. And if you have the bandwidth to do that, great. If you don't, if you're like me and you don't, you're an introvert and you need some downtime and recharge time and it's hard to see that many clients, I do think it's important to diversify Mm -hmm. and figure out where you want to spend your time. You know, for me at this season in life, like I have two young kids, I have lots of after school activities that I have to attend. You know, I've got my business during the day. And so, my side gig, I need it to be really low key. Mm -hmm. I want it to be mindless because I'm already working to grow and create something in my private practice, which takes a lot of emotional energy um, and mental energy. So I want to make a little bit of extra income in a very mindless Mm -hmm. way, something that's fun that maybe meets a social need or a different need. And I think that's part of self-care too. Yeah, You know, it's making the money and not exhausting yourself to do it. Yeah. One thing I've been working on, I love to paint. I do watercolor painting. I love to draw and I really want to find ways to make money from that. So I joined some local communities. I've been in some art shows, but I was talking to my husband recently when we were trying to brainstorm fun ways to make money. And I decided to start working on a coloring book, like an adult coloring book. So I have about three pages done now. It's going to take a while, (laughs) but that could, I mean, I probably won't make a lot of money from that, but I'm having fun doing it and it could bring money. So for me, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It is exciting and it's fun to, to try something new and yeah, you know, it's pretty low cost. You're doing all the work, right? Right. Yeah. I already have all the supplies. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. So I think that's, kind of where I've landed with all of it is because of all the unpredictable Mm -hmm. things that happen in private practice, people's vacations and, you know, your own vacations. And sometimes they don't coincide and kids getting sick and just all the things life, life happens for everybody. How to keep that income flowing and thinking about your income needs and finding a way, you know, and maybe even establishing yourself that way as you step into private practice, you know, that's something that I did. I used to do groups and I kept my groups through an agency when I was first starting private practice. And I gave it up because it took so much time for such little income, Yeah, but it was consistent income. Yeah. And I don't think I would change leaving that, but it really, you know, in thinking this year, cause I've done the whole year without that, you know, that doing something that is maybe less time consuming mm-hmm. because the reason it was time consuming is because of the commute, you know, right, I spent yeah. about two hours of commute time. That's a lot. It is a lot. And so if I can do something that's like that, that doesn't require that extra couple of hours of commuting, I think that would be, that would fit because I really enjoyed that. I got to get out. I got to see other people. It was something different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, like as my practice goes on and the longer that I'm in it, my needs change. And Mm -hmm. so, 
you know, I was good just being home for the last year. And now I'm finding myself getting antsy where it's like, I kind of want to be out in the world again. But that is the cool thing about private practice is it can ebb and flow and you don't have to leave your job to do it. You can Mm -hmm. change your caseload to be able to take on more of something else and take on more clients to have less of whatever that thing is. And so that part is really, it's really nice because it's steady. Yeah. I, I think that brings up another point is that variety in income doesn't have to just mean variety outside of client work that you could brainstorm other ways to create income. That's not individual psychotherapy. I have been working on putting a group together. My hesitation with it is that it would take up another evening of work. So I need to mentally get myself in the headspace to be cool with that. But I think that would be a fun way to make more income and have a different type of therapy setting. You know, there's less, I, I feel like, you know, a group therapist is doing less talking and guiding and more creating space and providing education. And I really have liked leading groups in the past. Mm-hmm. I love group work. Yeah. 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 yeah so but it's, it's all those other considerations too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Most people that commit to group work are going to need to have that in the evening. Yeah. And then you have to think about space or telehealth and yeah. how you're going to manage all that. And Yeah. So it is, it is hard. Hard is not the right word. It's, it has its own things that come with it, I guess, to yeah. step into it. But yeah, it is a fun way to see clients. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to the, the sick day conversation. Did you come to a conclusion on taking a sick day for yourself this week? <laughs> I think, you know, part of it is an internal piece for me. I have to be okay with spending money mm-hmm. and I have to be okay with using the money that I have in savings and I have to take care of myself. And I know my bad habits. My first thought is to skip the self-care, mm-hmm. push through it and save the money. Yeah. And I think that I have to get over that. Yeah. I mean, that leads to burnout, not 100%. Giving yourself permission to take the break. Yeah. You know, the the anxiety and worry over money can be a type of burnout in itself. Right. And when you constantly have this bar that keeps moving, yeah. right? It's like, okay, well, will I ever get there? Right. Because I have all these goals for my practice for 2024. And so not only am I trying to save or have that base amount, but I want to have more than that so that I can do these things that I want to mm-hmm. do. But I also have to take care of myself in the meantime. Yeah. And it's yeah. a hard, it's a hard balance. It um, is a I hard think, balance. I think that's where I land with it is I need to, I need to get over it and you take, need to care, take of care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but that lack mindset is really a type of burnout I've experienced, which is what it comes down to is putting all my eggs in the basket of I can do all these things and having myself at that high of a standard and not letting me myself just like trust I will be okay and trust Mm -hmm. that I will meet my goals and trust that I don't have to put this much pressure on myself. That can be hard to really trust that. But when I'm not trusting myself and not trusting that I can be successful, then I 
I burn myself out just trying way too hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I struggle with like, I want it and I want it now. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) And you know, I've been working at this for a year, so it's not that like instant, but I, I want to see like the fruits of my labor. Mm -hmm. And so every time something like this happens when I get sick or I have a slow week or whatever, it feels like a setback. And I think that mindset shift of, no, I have to factor for these things because every one of us is human. I'm human. My clients are human and it's not always going to work the way my perfectly laid out plan wants it to. Yeah, Um, exactly. So, yeah. 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 So I think that's where I, I land to is just making room for being human. And I think a big part of working towards goals, no matter what it is, if it's building a business or, you know, having health goals or real estate goals, whatever it is, there has to be an element of allowing yourself to be human and trusting the process and just knowing and believing in your own ability to be successful. Because I think at the end of the day, for me, that's where the ongoing stress and pressure and pushing myself comes from is this belief that I can't do it and I have to overwork to prove I can do it. So there is an element of needing to work on our mindsets to allow ourselves to take time off and trust I will be okay. I'm still okay. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's also <laughs> in the real world, inflation is happening. Things are really expensive. There, There is real stress and real pressure right. to make more money. Um, however, we're still human. Yeah. Yeah. And the harder we push, the more sick we're going to be. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. We have to yeah. take care of our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Rachel. Yeah. Thanks for talking me through that and helping me to Absolutely. Decide. <laughs> I, I am pro Adrian taking a sick day. <laughs> awesome. All right. Take care. We'll see you all next time. Thank you all for joining in and listening to Practice Pursuit for Therapists. Please like, subscribe, and share if you loved this episode. We appreciate you all, and we'll see you next time.